welcome. You are listening to Grace Capital Church Podcast. The, the chorus, the, the, the tagline in that song, somebody save me, in Greek, you know what that is? Hosanna. So Palm Sunday, when the crowds of people, when they were joining, when, when they were standing in the road and, and waving palm branches, and they were lying down the palm branches, and Jesus was riding in on the donkey, what they were saying to Jesus, they were saying, save us, save me, save me now. I need you to save me. I've been waiting for you. Somebody save me. That song is is really the the anthem. That that is true. The heart cry of every person on this planet. They are longing to be saved, but they don't know who can save them. And they're looking and they're searching and they're trying to find one who can save them, but they can't find him. Here's what they're looking for. Of where they're searching. Perfect job, perfect friends, perfect house, perfect life, perfect spouse, somebody save me. First love, girlfriend, boyfriend, old friends, best friend, no friends, somebody save me. Homeschool, high school, trade school, state school, no school, somebody save me. iPhone, iPad, iPod, iMac, MacBook, read books, no books, somebody save me. Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Candy Crush. Somebody save me. (laughs) Lord, help me. Government, Tea Party, conservative, liberal, pro-choice, no choice, let no left behind, the environment, global warming, all these things. People are seeking a cause. They're looking for somebody to save them. They're looking to all these things to save them. But when people behold Jesus for truly for who he is when they can see him when they can behold him they shout out Lord save us and that's what happened that that day on Palm Sunday you had the masses actually seeing Jesus for who he is he gave them a glimpse it's like he he kind of pulled back the curtain some and he showed them who he was And the response was this, save me. I need you to be my king, save me. Now, what happened to that same group of people after that day? They dispersed, didn't they? Where were they when Jesus went to the cross? They were nowhere to be found. Why? Because there was no Christian community. It was a mass of people seeing Jesus, but beholding is not enough. Even believing is not enough. They needed to belong. They needed to be connected with God and with each other. They needed Christian community. This morning, we're going to wrap up this series, Committed to the Cause. And we're going to see this morning that we live out this cause and we complete this cause by actually being in Christian community. That this is the vehicle. This is what God has designed and set up to make himself known. We as a, as a church, little c, and we as a church, big c, this is how God wants to make Jesus known to the world. 
And he has given us his word and he has given us his spirit so that we can be united and that the world can hear Jesus, can know Jesus, and can experience Jesus through this, through outwardly focused Christian community. And it's my fear that we have somehow missed it, that we are more like, that, that church has become more like the scene on Palm Sunday, where we get together and, and we recognize who he is, and then we get all excited, and then the rest of the week we go and disperse. And we have nothing to do with each other. And that's not how God designed it to be. And we see what happens in, in, in this, in, in, the, in the Gospel of Matthew, when there's no Christian community. When there's any bit of persecution, the people who are believing in who he is disperse. So turn with me to John 17, and we're going to wrap up this chapter And we're going to see how the world can come to hear, see, and experience Jesus through Christian community. Start with verse 13. But now I am coming to you and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Let me stop on that, because this is really important, and I wasn't going to go here, but this is really important. The Christian community that God is calling us to, to have needs to be outward focused. It can't be a group of Christians that are standing in a circle facing each other. It needs to be a group of Christians that are standing out looking at the community. It needs to be accessible to the community. The reason why Jesus has us here and hasn't taken us up to heaven yet is that he wants us to be a missional community. He wants us to be outward focused in the things that we say and the things that we do. That is why we're here. That is, why, that is why we're here. He died 2,000 years ago. He's left us here for 2,000 plus years so that we could do that, so that we could be in the world but not of it, so that we could be set apart and be a light and show the world who Jesus is. So that is why we're here. That, that's huge. I could preach a whole sermon just on that, that we are here to engage with the world. Now, According to this, we're going to experience rejection, but that's okay, because last week we learned who we are in Christ, amen? And when we have it established, when we know who we are in Christ, we can, we can experience rejection and, and persevere through it, because we're not looking for approval, we're not looking for the world to meet our needs, we're showing the world who supplies our needs, we're showing them Jesus. So I've given them your word, and that's key. Hold on to that. We're going to talk about that. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world... 
So I have sent them in the world. In the same way that Jesus has given us the word of the Father, we are to go out and to give the word of Jesus to the world. We have this, the word of God. This is the word of God. This is his word on the page. And through this, people come to know who Jesus is. The Bible says that Jesus was the word in the flesh. That he was this word in the flesh. So that when we proclaim this and when we speak this and when we share this, the world will actually hear Jesus. That's mind-blowing. Think about that. There's another verse that says, faith comes through hearing, hearing by the word of God. This is powerful. This is what we should be proclaiming. This is what we should be filling ourselves with. Historians say that the Puritans were the people of the book. I want historians to say that Grace Capital Church, we were the people of the book. We need to be filling ourselves with this. It needs to come out of us. And it's not that we have to always walk around town carrying our Bibles and quoting scripture. But this needs to be the thing that dictates how we live. This needs to be the book that dictates how we treat people and how we interact with each other. Now, unfortunately, the word hasn't been something in history, in church history, that has unified us, that's brought us together. The word has actually been something that's divided us. Because we, we debate over doctrine, we debate over ideas, and we can't come to agreement. So we have all these different denominations, many of which don't even interact together. And what does that say to the world about Christians? What does that say to the world about God, about Jesus? You see, we need to be people of the book, and people need to hear Jesus through us as we proclaim the word of God. And this, this should be dripping out of us. It should be oozing from us. That's a bad word. I'm going to say oozing. But it, it needs, we need to be shouting this on the rooftops. That's a little better. The world will hear Jesus when we as a community proclaim this and live it out and allow it to, to, to dictate our life. Let's go to verse 20. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Unity, united Christian community, unity is the greatest witnessing tool that we have. It's the greatest witnessing tool, and I feel like it's the one we neglect the most. It is true that faith comes through hearing and hearing by the word of God. But the world sees the word of God in action through the lives of Christians who are in community with each other. They, they see what Jesus is like by the way we treat each other. When I was a kid attending this, this Episcopal church, I wanted nothing to do with church because of the way that the people in the church were treating each other. 
disunity became the worst witnessing tool. It, 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 I think that there's, there's so many people that shut their ears to the message of the gospel because of the way that Christians treat each other. Gandhi said this, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. If it weren't for Christians, I'd be a Christian. Whoa. Wow. Think about what India would be like if Gandhi had become a Christian. Yeah. That's convicting. And I think that's, that statement it is so true of so many people in our world that we carry the name Christian and we're proclaiming that, hey, look at me, I'm a little Christ. Because the word Christian means a little Christ. And we're basically saying that you can look at me and you can look at the people that I associate with and you can learn something about God. Now, when Christian community is, is firing at all cylinders, absolutely God himself is a community. In essence, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, united, perfectly one, perfectly loving. When we function as Christian community and we're united together and we're loving each other and we're operating in the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, people can look at us and see God. But when there's division, when there's gossip, when there's slander, when we come here just on a Sunday but have no interaction during the week, when we close our eyes to the needs of people in the community and we don't reach out and we don't provide for each other, that's the same as the world. They're not seeing God. They're seeing the flesh. You can't be a Christian in isolation. You can't. By definition, it's an oxymoron because God himself is community. One individual Christian cannot, cannot perfectly reflect who God is. God is infinite. And for me to think that as an individual, that, that if a person just looked at me and just looked at my life, they might learn who Jesus is just by looking at me, oh my goodness, that's prideful. Absolutely, that's prideful because I'm broken. I'm going to let a person down. I'm so flawed. Don't follow me. It's about Christian community. Something beautiful emerges when you have the body of Christ coming together and meeting each other's needs and caring for each other. You see Jesus emerge from that. And it's gorgeous, it's beautiful, it's, it's transformational. It leads to revival. The world needs to know who God is through observing Christian community, Father, Son, and Spirit, interacting. Is that what we're doing? Are we there? I think that our church body is, is getting there. I think we're getting there. I, I think of all the churches that I've been involved with, I think we're in the top, top tier, the top couple in terms of community. I, honestly, I don't think I've ever had this, this, this level of Christian community in my life other than maybe when I was in college. So if on one hand, when I was a child, 
going to an Episcopal church and, and seeing dysfunctional community. On the other hand, when I was in college, I became part of InterVarsity. It, it's very similar to uh, Campus Crusade. And it was such a dynamic and loving Christian community. And when I saw that, it gave credibility to what they were saying. My ears opened up because I saw that God was at work in the midst of these people. Even though I didn't really know who God was yet, I saw the way they treated each other and I thought, hey, I want that. Christianity is about beholding, believing, and belonging and then going out and being a blessing. That belonging piece is essential. Essential. And if we as a church don't strive for that, then, then I'm, I'm failing you as a leader. That, it, that it, if we don't preach this message week after week, that at the heart of Christianity is community. The world is longing to be known. It's longing to be saved. It's longing for answers to, to what's wrong with this world. Because they know something's off. And we have the answer, and we know the one who has the solution. But in the way that we treat each other, in neglecting community, we automatically close the book on them. And they stop hearing and they stop seeking this as the option. Because if we can't get our act together ourselves, why would somebody come and look to this as the solution? Hmm. The Bible, one of the names for God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. And the world can come to know Jehovah Jireh through Christian community. When we begin meeting the needs, not just of those in this room, but those in the community. Somewhere along the way, we decided that it's the, the government's job to meet the needs of people in the world. Why have we surrendered that? Why have we surrendered that? We're missing opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to go out and for people to know Jesus in action, to see him in action through Christian community going out and serving. Here's what happens when we do that. Acts 2. Turn with me to Acts 2. Verse 42. Actually, go up to verse, let's go to verse 40, tags on there. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and were added that day about 3,000 souls. 3,000 people saved from one sermon and one shot. 
3,000 people looking for a savior. 3,000 people wanting to be saved but not knowing where to look. But Peter, in his sermon, delivered the word of God. And they saw him. They beheld Jesus through his word. And after they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. Now that's a much different scene than what happened on Palm Sunday where they they beheld Jesus, but then they dispersed, and then Jesus ultimately went to the cross. Here you have a group of people beholding Jesus and believing, but then being plugged into Christian community, and look what happens. They're they're, They're meeting each other's needs. People are being saved daily. Daily. People are being saved daily. And they're meeting each other's needs and meeting together throughout the week not just one day a week. That is a beautiful picture. That is a gorgeous picture of how God intends us to live and how he's calling us to exist. Can you imagine with me for a second that if we took what we consider church and flipped it upside down, if, if, if we completely started from scratch and realize that church isn't about just coming on Sunday morning. That church is about what happens during the week. What if we made the most important thing that we do is to be part of Christian community? What if we prioritize our lives and created time in our lives so that we could be with each other during the week and be outwardly focused in doing so? So that we could bring the world, the word, and the message of Jesus. That is awesome. I would, I would call that an upside-down church, a flipped church. In teaching, we call it a flipped classroom where the, the, the students actually go home and they teach themselves, and then they come in during the week, and then they ask questions of what, what they've already learned, so the, the teacher actually isn't instructing. It's more of tutoring. A flipped church, how it's actually supposed to be. What if everybody in our church was involved in a life group? Why not? Why is it that we only have eight life groups? We have about 400 people in our church. 400 people. Life group is is the perfect place to invite somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Let me tell you, I'm living in Belmont right now in a duplex, and uh, I have a neighbor named Jen. And there was one evening where she came over and we hadn't really interacted much other than uh, you know, saying hello and casual interaction. She came over to our place on the night of life group. Okay? And let me tell you what. She ended up sitting down 
and interacting and, and joining our life group. And within three, two, three weeks, the tears were flowing. She's sharing. We're interacting over Jesus. That she saw Jesus in community. It is the most effective tool that we have, Christian community. But it's the one we neglect the most. What would it be like for us to have every single person, every family involved in life group? What would happen to our town and our towns? They would be transformed. We would see thousands of people coming to know Jesus. Thousands. Because everybody wants community. Everybody needs community, and they need healthy community. And that's what we can offer because we have God's presence inside of us. And it's the fruit of the Spirit coming through us that allows us to function as a healthy community. We have the real deal. We have the legit word of God. And they're not going to open their ears to hear it until we start living it out and until we start living in community together. They're going to think like Gandhi did, right? Come on now. This is, like, this is so important. This is probably the most important sermon I've ever preached, that if we're going to be effective at, as, as Christians, we have to be united and we have to be in community together. Are we hearing that? And so when we start living that out and, we, and, and the world starts to see that, we're going to have to build a, a sanctuary five times the size of this. And we're going to still care for people's needs. Why? Because it's not going to be about Sunday mornings. It's going to be about what happens during the week. We're a regional church. We, we minister in, in lots of different towns, in Guilford, in Gilmington, in Belmont, in Tilton, in Laconia. We're not just a Laconia-based church. And the only way, the only way that we're going to be effective at reaching these towns is as if these life groups become missional communities. That they become focused at reaching the, the community and the houses in those neighborhoods around them. And that they invite them and they, and they learn and see who Jesus is through the way that we interact with each other. Through the way that we love on each other. The word says that they will know that we are Christians by the way that we love each other. Amen? So, a flipped church, an upside down church. Now that, that to me and, and to, to our team, because we talk about this, Mark and I, it, it's almost like we're afraid to even, we dream about this. What would it be like if, if, if we got this? We would see revival. We would see revival. But revival always starts with revival in the hearts of the, those who already believe. So we have to be willing to commit to this. Committing to the cause as Christians it's being committed to Christian community and, and letting the world know who Christ is through that community. And that's exciting and awesome. That's amazing. And I think we have to maybe even step back and say, what's stopping me from this? Why am I not joining Christian community? Now, one of the obvious things is that some of us are hurt still. We've been hurt by each other. We've been hurt by others in the past. And we're jaded. 
and we're not convinced that Christian community can actually happen. And I think I just struck a chord right there. Yeah. So it starts with repentance in us first. That we need to repent of our own brokenness and realize that nobody in this room is perfect. We're, we're all broken individuals running around in a room, occasionally colliding with each other. And we need to be gracious with each other. And we need to realize that each person who is here is meant to be here. And we're meant to have community together. We don't handpick. We allow God to bring those who he's calling to this community. And we have to trust that, that, that God's way is the way. Is the way. In John 17, it, I, I almost, man, I, I struggled with this when it was saying that, that, let me just read this again. This blew my mind. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That part I get. Because, you know, faith comes through hearing the word of God. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they all also be in us. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. The believing is tied to unity. It's tied to unity. Like, people will believe in Christ if we are united. And I, had, I kept going back to that. Is, that. is that off? Is that... Is that off? It's like, no, it's not off. Because God himself is united. God himself is a united community. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is who he is. And, and we reflect that and we represent that when we live in community with each other. What would it be like for every single person in this church to be in community together? And to have that community be outward focused. That's an awesome dream. That's an awesome vision. That's the cause of Christ. To go out in this world. To make him known as a community. Not just as individuals, but as a community. That's something I can get behind. Can you get behind that? Yeah. I believe that's what God is calling us to. So my challenge to you is to search your heart, is, is to examine yourself and see if you are truly living out and living your life in Christian community. And if not, then ask God to show you why and ask God to bring you healing. And then when he shows you why, if it's, an, if it's another person, go to that person and reconcile. Seek reconciliation. Allow God to bring healing in your life and in your heart. Allow God to rewire how you think about church and how you think about Christian community. And believe his word. Because his word is saying that it's through unity that the world's going to believe in him. Through community, which has unity in it, doesn't it, at the end? Yeah. Through Christian community. Come on now. 
I, I would love to be known as a church that, uh, that yeah, but that's on fire. That's, that is, that loves each other. Yeah, that loves each other. Well, we all just love on each other and meet each other's needs. That, that's, that's how it's designed to be. So, Father, I just, I pray that you would help us grasp this. That you have called us to make you known through Christian community. That the world will see Jesus, that the world will hear Jesus, that the world will experience the love of Jesus through Christian community. That this is how we live out the cause. And the world is crying out, somebody save me. Everyone in this world is looking for a savior. They just don't know where to find him. So I pray that we would make him known, that the world would behold the savior through the way that we interact with each other, through this community. God, give us a passion and a desire to engage with the world and, and to share the truth of your word and to manifest the truth of your word through the way that we treat others. God, you're calling us to the next level. God, you're stirring something in here that is so great. God, you're wanting to bring about revival. And in preparation, you're calling us to be in community with each other. God, I pray that everyone here would seek out Christian community. God, that everyone here would be planted in the life group. God, I, I pray that we would, we would have to train 20 life group leaders within the next couple months. God, I pray that there would be individuals who would be willing to open up their homes to life groups. God, I pray that you would give us a vision on how our life groups could be missional, how we could reach out into the world around us to make Jesus known, that they might see him as king, that we would practically meet each other's needs and meet the needs in this world through Christian community. God, we praise you and we love you and we want to serve you. We want you to be known and we know you as the one who saves. So I just pray that we would be willing to share that and proclaim that and shout that and show that by the way that we love. God, that we put away our iPhones, that we would put away our iPads. God, that we would put away all those things that we're seeking to save us, God, and, and, and get rid of those idols. God, and be focused on the cause that you've placed before us. Because you have equipped us through your spirit. You've established our identity in you. We know who we are. And now you've called us to go out and to represent you. God, and I thank you that you sent your son to die for us. That he was willing to bear shame and suffering on our behalf. That you cleanse us by his blood that we are now sons and daughters of the living God, that we are in Christ and he is in us.
God, I, I just pray that we live accordingly. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about Grace Capital Church or how to get a copy of this broadcast, please visit us online at gccnh.com.